welcome to this podcast in a series developed by the Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association. NJJA is a 501c3 not-for-profit public benefit association. The mission of NJJA is to improve services to youth in the juvenile justice system by serving as a resource for collaboration, leadership development, and education for juvenile justice system professionals and interested stakeholders. Our efforts are greatly enhanced with the generous support of the Sherwood Foundation. Please visit our website at njja.org to see a list of upcoming podcasts, as well as the opportunity to revisit those podcasts previously recorded. We welcome your thoughts as to, to potential podcast topics and interest. Welcome to the Juvenile Justice in Nebraska podcast, produced by the Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association. Perfect. We're hot. We're, hot. We're ready to go. Uh, this is a first for us, Tammy. We've never had... Well, have we had a, an award winner on, on the podcast before, after receiving the award? I <clears throat> I cannot recall. You don't remember. Either do I. I don't remember either. We did. Tracy's saying we did. Again, she'd say this is an, what do you call it? An old person's moment? Senior moment. A senior moment I'm going through. Okay. Uh, so we are excited today. We have Cindy Reed. Correct. Uh, with us today. She is a past Evelyn LeBode Award winner at the NJJA conference two years ago, I believe. I think so. Yeah. yeah two years ago. Um, you know, Cindy, first, first and foremost, it's good to see you again. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're glad, glad you made that, made the drive down. Yes, of course. Thank you, you for know, having me. Technology is great. Um, you know, having Zoom comp or Zoom um, podcast is wonderful and it's, 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 it's handy, um, but technology is not always the easiest. So that we've found that this is the way to go. So yep. thank you for making the drive. Yep. So Cindy, tell us a little bit about why you're here. You've, you, you've provided us with a little bit of information. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, life in limbo. Yes. And then also we want to talk a little bit about CASA as well. Is that correct? Yeah. I wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things. So. Sounds, sounds like it. Sounds like it. Um, so, you know, before we get to that, before we get to Life in Limbo and before we get to uh, the CASA information you want to provide us, talk to us a little bit about what you do, where you come from, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I am an alumni of foster care. I really? aged out of the system in Saunders County oh, quite some time ago. Wow. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Sweet. At that time, I joined what was then a statewide like youth advocacy uh -huh. group discovered a passion. I loved talking about my story, encouraging other young people to share theirs and then doing what we could on a system level to like make it work better. Right. Wow. <laughs> and so since then I've just been Super pouring boring. into that in lots and lots of different projects. Um, and now I'm at CASA. CASA is a perfect fit for me in the work that I want to do and am doing. And then um, I continue to do a lot of side projects too that keeps my fuel going, my fire going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about kind of, you know, how it is today uh, with for kids in, that are in the foster care system. Um, but I'm also interested in learning about your story. I mean, that's, I had no idea. Um, you know, I, it's phenomenal that we have people um, who with lived experience in the field. I yeah. think it's fantastic. And, and we have other great representatives, you know, within the state of Nebraska that do that similar work. But, um, you know, this is a first for me for, for someone <laughs> from Fremont, which is awesome. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about, you don't have to tell me your history unless you, f you feel comfortable. Um, 
but what I'm interested in learning is, is how hard was it for you to break into the field or how hard was it for you to be heard, um, being a former, not a former ward, a former foster care, um, place, yeah. former foster kid. That's a great question. I <clears throat> found it easy to move into the field. Um, one, because I was a super motivated young person. And so I saw a need and did everything I could to meet that need. And then I'm very, very relational too. I tell everybody that I know that. And so meeting people, making those connections and then forming partnerships to really create change is where I found my sweet spot. I went to UNO, the school of social work and, um, had helped the Nebraska children families foundation mm-hmm. do at that time, what was the Omaha independent living plan? Yep. These are a lot of old words that I'm saying, but <laughs> they're still relevant though. Yeah. And so that was really like the first push for youth voice and youth engagement. And, um, um, I was all in it and I was like all there for it. And so um, I was able to use the work I was doing with that as my practicum for oh, my wow. bachelor's degree. And because of that, I was able to like really pour into it mm-hmm. and really set some foundations that have created some really successful things happening today. Um, and then I started having my own family and oh, decided, wow. all right, if everybody could have the means to stay at home with their kids and pour into those early years, uh, we probably wouldn't have foster care. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I made the decision to stay at home. I quit my job. I left all of the circles I had created, um, to really create my own and to, to pour into them. I stayed at home for seven years while of course, still keeping tabs on all the work I had done Mm -hmm. and all of the changes that were happening. Um, and then when my kids were older and all in school, I decided, all right, I'm ready to go back. back, My heart needed it. My body needed it. Everything in me was pulling me back in that Mm -hmm. direction. And so I said, well, I want to work, um, in the same field, doing similar work where I can really work directly with young people. And then, um, I learned about the connected youth initiative, which was happening across the state. And they were really trying to get communities on board, um, with developing some local approaches Mm -hmm. for serving and engaging young people. And I was like, I can do that. (laughs) So, so the connected youth initiative, what, what, where did that come out of uh, as far as, uh, logistically, is it, was it out of Fremont? Was it out of Omaha? It's a statewide approach. Statewide approach. Okay. And it's also a, a program that's supported by Nebraska children families foundation. And I say program loosely, it's more mm-hmm. of like a framework or an approach. And um, they were wanting communities to kind of take on work and make it look how it was going to be successful for communities because everywhere is different, right? Young people are different depending on their geographic location, what access to resources they have, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to really tailor older youth engagement work to that. And so I stepped into Fremont and helped them create what that looked like there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, I, this is, I, I had no idea what we were getting into, Tammy. This is exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. So, she comes with a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, super glad you reached out to us. And, and <laughs> yeah. This is going to be great. Um, so you talked a little bit about changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of you when you decided to to return to the the work environment, the work field. Um, it, what what changes that were, were most predominant or, or really stuck out to you from your time in the foster care system to the current day foster care system? Was there any changes? Are there continued changes that need to happen? Um, all, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? 
I have a lot of thoughts on that. Please, please. <laughs> um, here's the thing it. is the less I talk, the better. Uh, <laughs> they want to hear you, not me. So I um, think that some of the issues that existed when I was in care are still very prevalent, right? But we've done a lot of work to do better work. And um, a big piece of that is youth engagement. We need to listen to young people who we're serving to figure out what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, mm-hmm. and what we can do better. And I do think that across the state, our programs, our systems are doing better mm-hmm. at, at listening to what young people have to say. Um, another piece that we stand on is sibling connections and making sure that those relationships are valued and sacred, um, not just you know while they're in foster care, but how can we set them up for success when their case closes or they age out or whatever mm-hmm. their situation might look like. Um, and so I also support Camp Ketchup too, mm-hmm. which is incredible. What doesn't she support? I no. know. <laughs> I um, am coming to the realization I have a hard time saying no. Mm-hmm. And so the older I get, the easier that becomes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I would say youth voice and engagement, keeping siblings together, and then really talking about healing um, are some things that existed when I was in Kara's Gaps and still need some work, but we're, we're being intentional about trying to fill those. So youth voice is obviously something that's, that's important to all of us mm-hmm. um, because of the field we're in and, and we just know it's best practice and it's important <laughs> that we get heard, that they get heard. Um, I still, I, and I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me here, but I still think uh, we've got to do a better job at that. I, yeah. I, I think our intentions are there. Um, we say that we're going to do get youth voice and we say we're going to make it work. I'm yet to really see that come to fruition um, across systems. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that we have to do as, as, as a community, as a state. Uh, it's something that we can't talk enough about, but w- what can we do to get there? I mean, cause we always have, you know, professionals in the room that want to be heard and, 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 and how, how do we bring that voice in and, and actually listen to what they're saying? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I think we do a good job at listening, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants to bring people around the table. We do a good job at, at listening and making that intentional first contact. Mm-hmm. It's the after part, the action part that we lack. Um, and we don't know what to do with what we hear. And so that I think needs to be dove into more. Why, when, why is there so much hesitancy to, to, to hear and yeah. to, to act on what we're hearing? I mean, it, I, I, that's the part that I get frustrated with. Yeah, I think it's because we're afraid mm-hmm. that things have to look drastically different mm-hmm. in parts of our systems that we've built and we've poured into and mm-hmm. they, they work well for us as professionals or for families who don't struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to change that takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and we're, we're not ready to pour into that. I also, I also think that we, we face a lot of barriers as well. Um, whether that would be the systems, um, that are working around those youth and the families, or even like a financial, the financial barrier, uh, a lot of times too. Um, and just some of those families that are living with a limited, um, amount of resources. Yeah. That voice is Tammy Sassman, our (laughs) executive director of NJJA. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so go on. Um, I mean, what other thoughts you have? I mean, we like, like, we can sit here and talk for days, but um, you know, we, we don't want to do that. Um, I, I, what I want to hear is I want to hear what's 
most important to you moving forward? Um, you know, as a former foster youth, I, I think uh, people want to hear of your experiences and, and, you know, specifically on, on the um, uh, life in limbo. Um, and now, is that a separate thing you're doing or is that um, just kind of uh, the framework of kind of your philosophy? I mean, what is life in limbo? I would say it's a beginning of a framework of a philosophy, right? We have, <laughs> we have um, started to pour into what does an alumni group look like in Nebraska? Okay. We used to have Foster Care Alumni of America, FCAA, which is a national organization. We had a local chapter, um, but we really kind of wanted to stretch those boundaries and limitations and do something that's a little bit more where we can have ownership and we can mm-hmm. be intentional about the work that we're trying to walk out. And so um, Life in Limbo is our, our first punt, maybe, at that. And it is really an experience workshop to walk professionals and lay people through what it feels like to go through foster care. What does it sound like when your parent, when your kids are removed as a parent? Who are the key players and what are their perspectives? And then it kind of humbles people who have been in the field for so long, doing it for so long and used to maybe the way things work or don't work. And you forget about that human aspect. And so life in limbo reminds you about that human aspect and challenges you to take the perspective from somebody else that you hadn't considered before. And so that is the first and um, hopefully one of many uh, things that we'll be able to offer as an alumni group Mm -hmm. to Nebraska. And we really want to own those pieces as experts in the field. Are you currently looking for former youth um, or, or are you look who, who, who is going to be doing this work? Who's going to be providing this education? Yeah, we have two trained facilitators okay. for Life in Limbo because it's a national training it is. Okay. that we're bringing, okay. we're bringing to Nebraska and um, we can always add to that okay. and we're always looking for young people who want to get engaged. Um, our, a couple of other people who are involved in that effort um, really want to see kind of a <coughs> a mentoring thing happen with young people who are in foster care mm-hmm. or aging out of care wanting to reach out to this part of the system or wanting to work or serve in this area how can we connect them with NJJA or mm-hmm. other partners mm-hmm. that we know of to build them professionally so that they um, have that access because I believe that's where my success came from was I had access mm-hmm. to the right people at the right times in order to make the connections I needed to be successful um, and we want to be a platform for that for other youth as well. So, uh, Cindy, do you want to talk a little bit about um, who you're working with locally on this? Your trainers? Um, do you, who are they? Are they stations out of Fremont? I mean, where, where are the, is I know it's, you want it to become statewide endeavor, correct? Yes, that would be incredible. Um, right now, myself and Amy Peters, who's a local attorney here in Lincoln, actually, oh, okay. um, her and I are kind of leading the effort for this alumni group across the state. Um, we have a list of stakeholders that we're engaging, but we want to put some intentionality behind um, our ask, mm-hmm. right? And so we're building a solid frame or foundation before we add to that, but mm-hmm. we have a list of stakeholders and we're always looking to add to that. Okay. Um, so within this, I don't want to call it a curriculum, within this framework. Um, Life in Limbo? Yes. Workshop. Workshop. We'll okay. call it a within, workshop. Within the workshop. Are there voices that are heard from bio parents? Um, do they talk about what bio parents are going through? Because um, that's always an interest to me. Because obviously, one of the, you know, well, I don't, I shouldn't say for everybody, but but for us at Cedars, one, our biggest goal is reunification. Um, you know, obviously, foster 
care is a big part of of, of uh, addressing the, the problem and the need, but reunification is one of the biggest things that we look at. Um, are there voices from bio parents that are heard? Yeah, and so that's one of the things that we're considering with this alumni group is we want it to be lived experience, which includes bio parents. It includes foster parents. It includes people who've been touched um, as they have young people living in their home as foster siblings. All of those voices matter in different spaces. And so one of the things we are trying to focus on is lived experience means whatever the target is, right? And so if I want to reach foster parents, then the lived experience I need in the room is foster parents. If I want to talk to domestic violence survivors, the lived experience I need in the room is domestic violence survivors. And so it's not just um, one thing. It's really a whatever the target is um, that we're trying to be all-encompassing of. Uh, specifically, Life in Limbo does offer the perspective of foster parents and bio parents and um, caseworkers and all of those people. And we have scenarios written from their perspective that we mm-hmm. bring into the training. Hmm. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you as you probably know, or as you're aware, um, indig- one of indig- NJJA's core values is education. Um, you know, so anytime that we can hear about interesting things like this, um, I, I think that it gives us an opportunity to to reach so many stakeholders, um, so many providers, so many uh, professionals, um, and whoever else. Um, so this is exciting to hear, um, you know, the, the road that you're going down is, is, is really neat. Um, just simply because I don't think there's a lot of, of attention that's, that's on this. Um, so I think it's wonderful. Uh, you know, a question that I would, I do have, um, not every, not every question is going to be easy, Cindy. What, what makes this different than some of the other groups that are out there now? Um, you know, there's some other, um, former, former foster um, you know, children's groups that are out there? What makes it different? Yeah. Um, we have been engaged with some of those groups in the past. Mm-hmm. And so some of the small things we're doing are mm-hmm. intentionally different. Um, but I would say the biggest difference is that we don't want to show up in any space without representing what it is that we're asked to be there for. Mm-hmm. And so um, if I'm sitting at a table or in a meeting where they want, you know, young people who are in foster care, they want that experience. My experience matters. Mm -hmm. It was a long time ago, though. And proximity matters. And so we want to reach young people who are either just exiting the foster care system or currently in it Mm -hmm. to offer what it looks like today. Right. And so that's, I think, going to be a difference is that we want to be intentional about empowering and equipping those young people who have that proximity to whatever the issue is um, to be gainful people at the table. And let me back up for, for a quick second there too. I, I do want to say that the work that, that the yes. groups that are already, that are already existing are doing is phenomenal. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I didn't yeah. want to, um, you know, make light of that cause it's, they're doing great work. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I didn't mean to ask that question, um, as a, why are you better? It yes. was simply what's different. So wanted to make sure that was, that was evident. So, uh, obviously thank you to those that are, that are continuing to do that work. It means a heck of a lot to a lot of people. So, um, and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the right, existence, right, right? right? Yes. Yes. So I got to cover my track sometimes. So. <laughs> you know, Cindy, one thing that you said before is one thing with your life in limbo, looking at how to help these families, foster parents, kids heal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so many times that people have this mentality that let's get them in and get them out. Let's fix it. Let's make it, make it better. And I really am a huge believer in the word heal. Um, we don't ever get over things. We learn how to live with it. We learn how to, we learn how to heal. Yes, you are 
completely 100% on track with what the hope is. Um, that has been probably what my expansion has been in my mindset coming to Casa, right? I get wholeheartedly unification. Yes. Holy cow. <laughs> I, I believe a thousand percent that young people need to be with their families if that's possible. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we have to focus on healing. In yeah. order to do that, we have to be intentional there. And we need to start building the capacity for young people and families for that long-term mm-hmm. relationship and long-term healing, not just right now or for the next three months. Yes. And I totally agree with that, especially yeah. when we experience um, trauma over the years and nobody's addressing it because everybody's looking at the crisis mode of what's going on right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then years later, when these young people become young adults or even later life adults, then they're finally dealing with their trauma because they never had that chance or that opportunity to address that. Yeah. Or they have unrealistic expectations about what things are going to look like after Mm -hmm. their foster care experience. And we know based on my own contact with young people, um, they go back to those relationships. They go back to their family. And so we're missing, we're creating a gap by not preparing them for that. Definitely. Definitely. And I know I've even worked myself with a lot of foster kids who they want to be in contact with their biological parents years later and they have these high hopes and preparing them for what that might look like in regards to if it's going to be a positive interaction or is it going to be something that they didn't plan for yes yes so just as a reminder uh tammy is a lmhp is that correct LMHP. Yeah, LMHP. That's what I thought. Um, social worker. Yep, perfect. Um, so I just kind of want to remember, you said uh, when you work with, with foster youth, mm-hmm. I want to make sure people remember what you do and, and, mm-hmm. and that you're not just the executive director of NJJA. <laughs> you're, you're much bigger, much more, much more than that. So... Thank you, Rico. <laughs> so, so what's next? What's next, Cindy? I mean, obviously you have these plans um, that you develop in Life in Limbo, and that's that's kind of getting to the point. It's up and running. What 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 are the next steps to take this to the next level? That is excellent. We um, want to do Life in Limbo across the state mm-hmm. in lots of different spaces, not just with foster care agencies or not just with the child welfare system. We want to engage people in the community who might be serving these families in an informal way. Mm-hmm. Um, to see what it's like or to understand maybe the perspective that they don't get to take Mm -hmm. without some help and assistance. Um, And so we would love to see everybody go through life in limbo. Um, Aside from just that training, we want the alumni group to really be recognized as a a stakeholder Mm -hmm. experts Mm -hmm. in the field. And um, we can, we can be a part of the team that brings youth voice to the table and Mm -hmm. that talks about how to do authentic engagement and um, prepare professionals and young people for that interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Stay tuned for our NJJ conference in which we bring Cindy back (laughs) on an update of Life in Limbo as a breakout session. That would be exciting. That would be really cool. That'd be awesome. Um, So, so, how, how do people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Is there a site that they can go to to learn more about what you're doing? Um, what's what's the best way to, you know, for a provider or a family or whoever um, looking for more information on, on what you're doing with with the um, alumni group or, or Life in Limbo? How do they get a hold of you? That is a really good question because that's like in the next steps column, okay. right? <laughs> um, neither Amy or I are super talented there. And so that is who we need added to our team. Um, but Facebook, we we still do manage the foster care alumni page on Facebook mm-hmm. and um, we can both be contacted there. Mm-hmm. I've had the same phone number for umpteen years. <laughs> and so it's easily to, it's easy to find. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to move on or, or in the podcast without the opportunity to talk a little more in depth about Casa. Yeah. Um, cause Casa is fantastic. Um, I, I know a few Casa volunteers here in, in, in Lancaster County. What? You can talk. CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Court Appointed Special Advocates. We want to make sure we uh, <laughs> clarify that as there's lots of acronyms used in this uh, in, 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 the, in our society. She's over here trying to whisper at me. I can't hear her. I got headphones on. <laughs> uh, CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates. Yes, perfect. What, talk, to, talk to us a little bit about your work there. Oh, so CASA was the perfect fit for me um, at this stage of my life because I always thought I wanted to be an attorney mm-hmm. um, and do that courtroom advocacy and have that legitimacy, but I'm fueled by the human, the Mm -hmm. personal relationship aspect. And CASA is a beautiful blend of Mm -hmm. both of those things. And so our work at CASA is really um, to get to know young people that are going through the system and bring their voice to court. Let Mm -hmm. the judge know how they're feeling, how they view and what they think about what they're going through, um, and then give best interest recommendations about what should come next for Mm them. Do you feel like, and and I don't want to put you on the spot here because we have amazing judges in the state of Nebraska, um, but, but do they, do they respond well, um, to the cost of volunteers, um, when, when the, um, um, when the recommendations come forward? Yeah, I think that CASA in partnership with other people mm-hmm. is much stronger in the mm-hmm. judges' eyes. Um, we do have incredible judges we across do. the state. We and do. so there are several counties that ask CASA to have a verbal voice in mm-hmm. hearings, mm-hmm. Um, which is incredible opportunity for them to say, this is what I think and this is why. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, I think they they weigh heavy what we recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't get into too, too much specifics here, but you represent CASA in Saunders County? Yeah, Saunders, Saunders County. Dodge, and Washington. CASA of the Midlands. We CASA of the Midlands. And Cindy, one thing that you clarified with me too is how CASA has expanded over the years in regards to, at one point in time, was CASA pretty much um, focused on younger children, and now there's more CASA workers working more with the, the juveniles. So we at CASA, we serve from birth to age 19 in Nebraska. Um, It's really easy to find people who want to advocate and do good work for littles or even um, toddlers or young young people. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about older youth, it takes a special kind of person for that. And so that has been my charge at CASA of the Midlands is we want all of those older youth to have that one caring, consistent adult that really equips them with what they need to have a powerful voice in their, their story and their journey. Um, and so across the state, we've seen that push as well. Um, intentional service to older youth. We do only serve child abuse and ne- neglect cases right now okay. in Nebraska. What I had shared with you previously was it would be so amazing if we could do juvenile justice youth too. Um, that would be a legislation change. Oh. And mm-hmm. so that's something that we work with partners to We have We about. have a lot of champions within, within the legislature that, that I'm <laughs> sure would be interested. Uh, and maybe you've already talked with some of them. Um, that would be that would be more than interested in, in talking about that. Um, you know, just to kind of, just to put some names out there, just because I know some of them are leaving and, and, and what, what not, but champions like Tony Vargas and Patty Penzing Brooks and Anna Wishart and and so many more. Um, you know, it's, Nebraska is really lucky um, when it talk when it comes down to juvenile justice and, and what it means to, to be represented within the legislature. Yes, I agree. 
We've got really good data collection partners too, like the Foster Care Review yes. Board and yes. Nebraska Appleseed and yeah. Voices, and all of them are really good champions for yeah. what it takes to advocate for young people. And, um, and I think it's great because a lot of those young people are still going to court, nervous as can be, and yes. having a CASA person next to them um, builds up the the confidence and the um, to make it not so scary. Yeah, and as CASA advocates, we can do the work to prepare them for Definitely. what might happen, mm-hmm. and we're still there afterwards yeah. to pick up the pieces and encourage that healing we talked about, um, we can be the people for that for sure. And I think it's a great avenue to, to do some direction, if, I, if that's the word I want to use, because one thing about the juvenile justice world is there's a lot of different avenues um, that youth can be taking when they get into the system. And to be able to have somebody to help kind of lead that pathway would be probably very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say there are people who are doing some of that work as their job, right? Central Plains uh, Center for Services does great with coaching and we've got community coaching that's happening across the state, but you can't have too many people, right? And and sometimes it might be heard from one and not the other. And so as many positive people, especially adults we can put in front of young people, um, we're doing, that's good. I think it's really neat to, to hear that you're putting, I don't want to say extra focus, but you put emphasis on working with older youth um, because obviously I mean, there's a trend there. I mean, look at the foster care system. I mean, who, the, who are we looking for foster parents more often than not is the older youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's really neat that, that you are putting some, um, some, some emphasis on that because it, they're entering a very pivotal point in their life, mm-hmm. um, becoming an adult and, and that's scary and hard. And even um, without foster care, it's scary. It, it, right. <laughs> it's frightening. Um, you know, thank God when I was turning 18, 19, 20, 38, um, <laughs> Um, I still had my parents there to help me. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's great to hear. Yes. Yes. I was an older youth coming into foster care. And so it is, it is definitely my heart that comes out there. Well, I know one thing that I picked up on at the uh, youth summit in Kearney through um, CIP in regards to listening to a youth panel, some of these teenagers are going through homes. Um, I know one spoke, she was in 30 different foster homes and, that's a lot of homes to go into. And um, like you said, sometimes they're not always going to get those um, long-term placements like maybe a, a younger child would. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, what else we got on, on the docket here? We, what, you want to share anything else that you're doing here with us? And, and oh, I don't want to so talk about things. the Chiefs. I mean, know that for, for a fact. <laughs> or the AFC, do we? Uh, Trace. Well, no. one good thing I can put into place is I know Cindy's been she, a huge advocate for our conference over back. the years. She always brings us back. It's great. Uh, yeah. And we always appreciate her support uh, yes. attending our, um, our annual conference. Yes. And I always bring people and I always send people. I think it's a great not only learning opportunity, but a networking opportunity mm-hmm. too. And that's my favorite aspect oh, of it yes. is, is the networking. I mean, I'm like you said before we started, you're a people person. That's who I am as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I go for the relationships, mm-hmm. um, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, the conference this year is, is going to be, is, we're looking forward to it again. It's going to be great. Um, you know, our, our conference planning committee is, is hit the ground running. They're, they're okay. getting close to, to, deciding on who the keynotes are going to be this year. Um, you know, it's, it's October and, and the conference is in May. Um, but the work they, they do and in, in the, the time, energy and passion they put into it is, is second to none. So we're looking forward to that. Um, what, Tammy, what are the dates? May, May 3rd through the 5th, 3rd through the 5th, the Eunice conference center, 2023. Um, do you know what number of conferences is going to be? What, like what? 
don't, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. You should find that out. Yeah. (laughs) President. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, no, uh, you gotta, you gotta come this year again. I am absolutely. Yep. I'll be there. You gotta bring your, your Saunders County buddies. I'm going to bring all my buddies. All your buddies. It's always a a room full of my friends whenever I go to a conference. So you're in Saunders County. Then do you, does she work with, um, our fellow board member? Amber Palin. Amber Palin. Yeah, I do. Amber's great. She is great. She's great. Yeah. She's a, she's a new board member. Um, somewhat new, um, not the newest. We brought on a couple new board members, uh, that we'll probably hope to have on here sometime soon just to kind of introduce. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, we're moving on. We've lost some good ones over the years. We have lost Jim Bentwood losing Jim Bennett soon, um, who has, has so much history, uh, with NJJA. Uh, we we'll hate to see him leave. Um, we've lost Keith, but I mean, yeah, we've just lost some good ones. Cassie Blakely, Cassie Blakely who was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, and Katie McLeese Stevenson. And I don't want to name them all because we're going to be here forever, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be great bringing on some new people. Looking forward to it. Looking forward. Thanks for, thanks for the added commentary today. It's been great. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, anything else, Cindy? I'm good. Thank you, you so sure? much. I'm positive. Okay. Thanks again for coming down. Uh, I didn't, I didn't mention this is number 20 yes. episode 20, Podcast 20 podcast 20. I, it's crazy. I remember the first one that we started I, None of us knew what the hell we were doing. <laughs> uh, can I say hell? Yeah. Okay. Um, none of us knew what the heck we were doing. I'm not sure we still do. Um, but you know what? 21, we're looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, guys. We're out. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks. <laughs>